Obviously. On the prompt. Mike, you don't have a driver's license. I do not have a driver's license. The government took it away. Yes. Welcome to the prompt. A weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is March the 12th, 2014. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, sir. How are you? I am doing just fine, Michael. I don't know why I'm talking so strangely. How are you? I am very well, thank you. I'm very well, and I'm very pleased that we have Mr. Federico Vitici back with us this week. Hi, Federico. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Actually, yeah, I'm good. I'm strange week, but now I'm back, and uh feels so great to be talking to you two again. So where's a strange week when you're not part of the show, Federico? So. Yeah. Happy to have you. I know. I know, but you guys did a great episode, and I loved the the FaceTime audio idea. Thank you. Just, just I, I, I didn't even know you, you, you were gonna do that, and um, so yeah, I just wanna add a couple of points later. But it's great to be back. Hey, Steven, by the way. Hey, Federico. Hi, Federico's back. Well, what's the news in America? These, Daylight these savings time. Ah, yeah. Obamacare. Have you guys know. seen the, the Between it. Two Ferns? I mean, yeah, like everybody so has. I watched it this morning. So did I. Uh, we weren't together. Uh, no. We were in our bunk beds. Yes. Watching it. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. You know, Between Two Ferns is always sort of, it's more awkward than funny, I think. Yeah. Depending it's edited, on it's it. edited to, to be that way. Yeah, uh, I actually laughed out loud when he like uh, dropped the curtain and he was like, you've been recording in here the whole time. Like, I thought that was quite funny. I, I thought <laughs> Obama was actually quite funny. Like, I can't, yeah. there was there was a joke. This is, this is the worst. There was a joke early on that I thought was funny. I can't remember what it was, but I remember thinking, <laughs> I remember story. thinking at the time, oh, good joke, Barack Obama. I think it, joke. It, it was something, oh, it was along the lines of saying about, about the Hangover 3 being terrible. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something about a third time and how Hangover was terrible. Oh, he was talking about coming back as a, for a third term. That's right. And he was basically saying about how coming back for a third time is always a really bad idea and nobody yeah. enjoys it. You can't do that in America. You can be president twice. Can you take a break and come back? Yeah, they don't have to be consecutive. In fact, no, no, there have been presidents who have had non-consecutive terms. But, I mean, but can, only two total terms. Can you go away for two years and then come back for and do a third term? No. Okay, so Three yeah. total terms. Fourth term. That, that changed after after somebody had uh, was president like for 90 years, and then they changed it. I'm not a historian. I don't, I don't think that that number was completely accurate. That's fine. But I I mean, would, if I was president of America, I'd be president for like 50 years. Because that's hmm. called, that's called like a like a dictatorship. No, right? no, no, no. Federico is the expert there. I'll be a friend. <laughs> uh, it, would, it would basically be called friendly president. That's what I would be known as, the friendly Fre- president. The friendly. <laughs> and that's I'm why they pretty, would keep. I'm, they would. I would. You know, the, my first uh, act as friendly president would be to change the constitution to allow me to be friendly president forever. It, is mm-hmm. this bionic? <laughs> this <laughs> is merging into like a dear leader sort of territory. What? Wow. Yeah. What's, what's never, never, never mind, Mike. Okay. 
It's, it's, an, evil, do... it's an evil plan that you are describing. So let's just move yeah. on. Mike, can you drop the follow-up sound clip right here? No. <laughs> I'm going to do it here. Follow-up. Uh, so we talked about <laughs> CarPlay. <laughs> um, you're just making more work for yourself, really, at that point. Not really. We talk- We've talked about CarPlay a good bit um, last week and the week before, or something. It's for on and on. It's basically the Everpix of 2014. Um, and we've got two links in the follow-up, uh, both from Mac Rumors, um, Pioneer, which is a audio. Well, Pioneer is one of those companies that makes everything. Like, but they make audio systems for cars. Uh, I've had a Pioneer head unit before in, in a vehicle. Um, they, according to this article, are looking at uh, creating an aftermarket system, which I would totally buy. Like, I'm not even going to joke around about it. Like, third-party aftermarket CarPlay head unit, done, in my car, sold. So we'll see where that goes. I have some... I have a, a healthy level of skepticism about this. Because the, the piece is basically a customer services representative said that this that they are looking into this so it's not an official announcement it comes from like somebody in a call center or something somewhere so it's basically somebody who's making up things as these things tend to always go are you going to carry the new iphone yes yes we are we're definitely going to do that that was something that happened in the UK a lot when we you know when we were exclusive to one carrier we had five carriers you'd call up your carrier they'd be like yep we're we're going to do that but they, <laughs> it just didn't happen. and um, Because they'll do anything to sell to you when you're on the phone, right? Yeah, yeah. No, if you do it now, it will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Just buy now, and then you'll be able to, to upgrade later. Obviously. Yeah, and it's probably, it's probably just one guy by the coffee machine just talking on the phone and yeah. saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get the iPhone. Oh, yeah. We're yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. We're definitely going to be able to do that. And also as well, it's saying that even the, the, the rep was like, um, we are looking into it. But, I mean, Pioneer can look into it until the cows come home, but... Unless Apple say yes, you can do this, then you know. Not yeah, and that it. and that's I think where the confusion lies for me. I mean, with Ferrari and Mercedes Benz and all these, you know, that logo farm on Apple's website, those are clearly partnerships. Like there's some level of, um, you know, working together. And not that Apple couldn't work with someone like Pioneer, but you know, we've already talked about how CarPlay is kind of out. Of, the experience is kind of out of Apple's hands, and I wonder if like. I could slap it in like my crappy Nissan Versa and like that's really out of Apple's hands at that point. So Yeah. Apple have clearly made so many um considerations for the car companies. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if another consideration was and you can't allow this to be an aftermarket. Because this is a selling point for new cars, you know? So, you know, the the car companies like your Fords and Ferraris and Volvos may have said, Yeah, they we'll we'll we're happy to to um to to support that and and to bring this in, but one of the things is it can't be an aftermarket thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's no telling, and it, it, again, like we well, like we've said, this is very early on in this, and you know, we're it, it's it's day zero still. You know, it's so when you guys talk about an aftermarket unit, do you mean like a, like a display that you buy separately and then you put it in your car? Yeah, yeah. So you can buy. Yeah, it and I put it into I any want old that. Car. Everybody I wa- does because I nobody that. wants to buy a new car. That's the point, right? Yeah, and because <laughs> I, I mean, I have a. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Italian brands, 
Um, so I basically, am. there's there's fiat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and there's a like a like a subgroup of fiat which is called Lancia, mm-hmm. and uh, and I have a Lancia, and um, so I don't have like a standard like a like a like a stereo unit, and I just have an integrated system, right? Uh, which is all one piece, and and taking that apart would would cost me like thousand euros. Which mm-hmm. I don't know how many dollars it is. I think outside. Was, I think outside of of, of your. I, I think it's. I think it's millions. So anyway, uh, it's a <laughs> lot of money. And uh, so what I what I would like to do eventually is to get like a small display, and just put it on top of um, of these old piece of stuff that I have, like a lot of knobs to control the like the volume and the and the, the temperature of the car, and uh, I just want to take this display and put it in the car so I can like have a decent system to for navigation and music and I can completely ignore the other stuff that Lancia is doing which is awful and right. uh, I, I maybe it's pioneer maybe I don't know would it be impossible to have like a, a brand like Sony doing this sort of stuff nope so I mean a, a lot of those companies have have head unit stuff and you're right like a lot of modern a lot of newer cars have like it's all integrated like on mine, it's separate, and so I could pull out the cruddy thing that was in there and put something in that was marginally better. But a lot of cars, it is like deeply integrated. And you look yeah. at, um, like, something like the the Tesla. You know, it's it's a big touchscreen that everything is on there, and so sort of in a way, like third, at least like in the middle to high market of cars, like low end, it's always separate stuff because it's super cheap to build. But if you get into something nicer. Almost always these days it's built in. So if you're if it doesn't come with it, it's increasingly hard to upgrade something later. Yeah. So I also wanted to talk about uh, the the third party apps for a second because you, um, last week you guys mentioned that it wasn't clear how third party apps were gonna you know come out for CarPlay. And uh, in the Engadget video, actually, uh, the, the the Apple employee said that um, basically apps that will be updated with uh, CarPlay support on the App Store um, will be automatically transferred to your CarPlay uh, unit as soon as you connect your phone. So my assumption is that there's going to be an SDK of, of some sort to you know to enable this CarPlay mode. Maybe it's, it's going to be limited just to audio apps or uh, navigation apps. I, I don't think that Apple is going to allow something like Evernote or a text editor, <laughs> or I don't know, a game to be running on CarPlay. So maybe if you if your app is built against uh, like cer- certain parts of the iOS SDK, so if your app uses audio or navigation, you will be able to add a special CarPlay mode. So when the app gets updated on the App Store, you get the update. When you walk into your car, you you connect your phone. And, and the app gets transferred, and I assume it's going to appear on the on the CarPlay screen with a, with a little message. I don't know. And um, what what uh, what I don't understand because I'm not an expert in this field, so maybe you guys are. What's the talk about uh, QNX or frameworks that Apple is using? It, I think it's just unclear. You know, a lot of these systems run QNX, and on a lot of these cars, at least that we've seen so far. CarPlay is like an app. Like it, you can use CarPlay and do stuff, or you can use like whatever Ferrari 
puts in. Like on the, I think it's the Ferrari, it's actually like a CarPlay button. And so the question is like, just what is this runtime? Is it Q and X? Is it? I mean, it, it's probably not iOS. Um, yeah. And so it's right, like, yeah, it's just about that sort of thing. And you know, I think on the third party app deal, I think you're right. I think it'll be audio focused, which I mean makes a ton of sense. And I really think it's going to be iOS eight. I mean, I don't see Apple. I mean, it's already March. You know, WWDC is really you know, three months away. And so I think at this point they're, you know, CarPlay is going to be what it is for now. And really it's only in a couple of cars right now. Um, and I think iOS eight, we will see Apple address this. Yeah. Cause there doesn't seem to be, I mean, people are saying that there's hints of things, but there's, there's no official documentation for what I have come across or seen that talks right. about, and it's like, you know, about APIs for CarPlay. Yeah. And that's not a common, you know, you know, you, the, the way Apple works, like you you see kind of hints, um, hints of things before they they happen. You see hooks there. You see, you know, for a long time it was like people would run a search on like Xcode updates for like iOS model identification. It's like, oh, there's an like iPhone five comma one. What could that be? I mean, you see those that on rumor sites all the time. So, I uh, I fully expect that you know come this summer we're going to hear a lot more about this from Apple. Well, speaking of cars and uh, speaking of audio, uh, I've seen uh, an article about Beats Music, which is getting uh, an integration in uh, Chevrolet cars in 2015. Uh, now, this is funny. Basically, Chevrolet has a, has a thing called the App Shop, which basically, I, I'm just talking about this because when I saw it, I, I thought of Mike. Yep, that's what because I was Because now the word shop is ruined for me because I, as soon as I see as I see shop anything, I I picture Mike's face. Like the Apple shop, right? Like the Apple shop, exactly. That's where I go to get all my apples. The yeah. Apple shop. <laughs> and um, as I said uh, before, um, last week you guys tried the FaceTime, FaceTime audio and Skype experiment. And you mentioned that you didn't know whether Apple will ever like build a feature to allow for conference calls for with uh, multiple people in the same call. And um, personally, I don't think it's going to happen soon be- uh, for two reasons. One, because uh, I mean, FaceTime isn't the most reliable system, even with two people. So I cannot imagine getting a third or fourth person into into the into a fa- did I say Skype? I mean, I meant FaceTime, and uh, FaceTime is not reli- reliable enough, in my opinion, with two people. So I cannot imagine getting up to three or four or five or six or whatever. I don't know. And, it uh, depends on what you want to look at as a precedent. Like I remember there was a time where Apple would was really sort of touting the fact that you could have multi-person video calls on iChat. Like that was but a I, huge I ch- thing. iChat was actually pretty decent. The new iCloud stuff, FaceTime, it's uh, it's been always problematic for me. Yeah, and that was running on AIM. I mean, that wasn't running on an Apple-run service yeah. either. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. So, and, and my second point is that maybe this is the sort of thing that in Italy is, is not common and elsewhere it is. Uh, the iPhone has a conference call option, right? Yeah. Uh, have you guys ever used that at all? Yes. Only, I, only I, I don't know how it works. Like, basically. I've only ever done it as a prank. So, basically, I'm receiving another call, so I just make it a conference call. 
but nobody was <laughs> intending for it to happen, but it happened. You guys don't know each other, but we're on a phone call <laughs> together. <laughs> Say hi, everyone. So, uh, I remember that it was, uh, it was um, I mean, we talked about this in the iPhone keynote episode. It was a big feature, like Steve Jobs demoing the conference call with, uh, was it Forstall? Oh, man, that's awkward. No, 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 it was, no, uh, it was uh, Jot- and Jonathan Yeah, it was Schiller and Ive. And um, it, it used to be a bit, I guess it's a bigger feature in, in the US or maybe elsewhere. I, j- I never used it in uh, here in Italy. I don't even know if it's possible in Italy. Honestly, and, yeah, I think uh, there is a carrier restriction to it. Hmm. So um, I don't know. Maybe for FaceTime, of course, there the wouldn't be a carrier restriction. But I'm just saying that it, the conference call doesn't seem to be the kind of popular feature that, that Apple iOS users are like demanding Apple to to add. Because I mean, podcasters would would love you know this kind of functionality. No, not everybody is a podcaster these days. I mean, more people are. And, uh, but, I'm starting uh, to think I just, there's more ju- people are than there aren't. I just, I just don't believe that there's such a huge demand for conference calls using FaceTime audio. So I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But maybe, you know, in June, we'll see. They're, they're going to surprise us. I don't know. Can you guys imagine that it's just three months away? And we just got iOS 7.1. Like, yep, we're going to talk about like, that. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> yeah. that. In three months, we're going to have to, you know, update everything again because we're going to install the beta. I won't. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Are you going on the record saying that, buddy? Yeah. Are you sure, Mike? Are I you have, sure? I have never installed earlier than beta before. Okay, so in episode 39 of the prompt uh, to our listeners... Uh, Mike says that he's not going to install the first beta of iOS 8. Okay, listen to this sound. That sound right there was an iPod Touch that I owned for this purpose. It's true. Did you, I was there did, when did you bought you, it. Did you just throw it around to, oh, I to just, make that I just tapped it on the microphone. Okay. Mm. I mm, can't promise that I won't do anything silly. You did it in a hotel room in San Francisco <laughs> last <laughs> that's going to be taken out of context somewhere uh, it's true and it was terrible and I undid it when I got home because my phone literally caught fire yeah do you remember when you were losing 1% of battery life a second or a minute yeah, was it, it a minute it, it was about it was about a minute your phone would last about an hour <laughs> which I mean is not I mean, that's, that's American forget, time that's not metric time walking down the street with Sean Blanc and he was so happy to show us that the directions were on like we're on his home screen yeah, you know, but at the same time, was saying about how he was he was using oven mitts to hold us. Yeah, phone. and it was just the battery life was just ticking away. It's like, hey, look at how great this is. That like, yeah, but Sean, your your phone will be dead before we get to the restaurant. That's true. <laughs> so, Mike, um, I think you want to talk about uh, something awesome. Of course, I do. Yeah, I love talking about awesome things. And the first awesome thing this week is our friends at Linda. Lynda.com will come back to sponsor another episode of The Prompt. Lynda.com has over 2,000 high-quality and engaging video courses that are taught by industry experts 
with courses, new courses added every single day. Linda helps anyone learn creative, software, and business skills to achieve personal and professional goals whenever and wherever you want. Their wide breadth of courses from beginner to advanced makes it easy to learn something new no matter what level you may be. Lynda.com makes it a breeze to learn whenever and wherever you want on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. Each course is structured so you can learn from start to finish or just jump on about anywhere to find a quick answer. They give you access to not only searchable transcripts so you can quickly find information within a course, but also closed caption transcripts so you can easily follow along with the video too. These are not your homemade how-tos that you'll typically find on YouTube. Linda provides high-quality video production from state-of-the-art studios. Their videos include animations and diagrams to make sure you really understand what you're learning, and the instructors are accomplished professionals at the top of their fields with a true passion for teaching. Lynda.com has only one low monthly price of $25, which provides unlimited access to their entire course library. Lynda.com offers a variety of instruction courses for all levels that cover a wide range of technical skills, creative techniques, business strategies, and more. They've got courses on everything, like uh, iOS and Mac development. They have courses on uh, the Pro apps like Final Cut Pro 10, Logic Pro 10. Um, They have stuff like business stuff. They have photography, podcasting, audio stuff. I believe, Federico, you have found some courses on lynda.com that you've taken. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I I wanted to teach myself uh, AppleScript. So um, I I never had uh, bought anything from Linda before. uh, But I remember that they... I was basically always interested in trying to find a reason to to buy one of their courses. So I bought uh, an Apple Script one, and um and I remember it clearly because uh, it was such a high quality kind of. Uh, it wasn't a screencast. It was more like a high production screencast with a lot of extras, like annotations and and yeah. and the voiceover was great. It wasn't just you know your typical like YouTube video, and uh, and and I don't mean to disrespect the people who are doing good stuff on YouTube, but it was just, it, it, you could tell that it was done by professionals. And um, and I, re- uh, I remember the download. There was a download, like you could download uh, a file. Uh, and there was a, um, there was the script file in the download, so you could see, like, you could follow uh, on Linda the video and you could try yourself the script. It was just great. And then um, later, uh, I, I used Linda for... Um, iBooks author when I oh. when I wanted to learn iBooks author to, to for my book uh, last summer, um, I I basically got one of their uh, iBooks creation uh, things and uh, in my experience I can seriously personally recommend Linda because I, again it's 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 a video but it, there's also so much more to the video it's uh, annotations comments downloads. And um, you can like you can jump around in the video to specific points, and it's just just great for me. And I seriously recommend it, and I'm very happy that they're sponsoring again. So if you want to be cool like Federico, here's something awesome. Lynda.com is giving you, listeners of the prompt, a special offer to access the entire library for free for seven days. Just go to lynda.com slash the prompt to try Lynda for free for seven days. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash the prompt. So thank you to Linda for supporting 5 by 5 and the prompt. And thank you, Federica. Yeah, sure. It's a, <laughs> it's a great company. I'm super happy when, when we have great companies that I, that I know because 
Mike, when you do when you do the the ad, you know the sponsor reads, uh, I'm always listening. But when I can contribute, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> me too, Federico. Me too. <laughs> so, have we got anything that we want to talk about, or should we just end the show? No, we we have topics. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, it looks like we have topics, and the first one, as I, as I was saying uh, before, Linda, it's March. It's been uh, six months since uh, iOS 7 came out, and we got the first major update. So uh, iOS 7.1 came out, uh, what was that, two days ago? And it's, uh, what do you guys think? Because um, my feelings, um, I'm kind of conflicted about this. See if you guys can can clear this up for me, because there was like a a, a lot of furor when the, 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 when 7.1 hit around the size of the file and the, the space required to install? It yes, seemed like I can, there was some I can, differences. I can clear that up for you. Basically, if you were running the beta, you had to download uh, a much bigger update. Right. Uh, whereas uh, normal people who don't have the betas, uh, it, it, it varies from device to device, I, I guess. I know people who were on the latest version of iOS 7 on an iPhone 5S, it was like a 200 megabyte. Yeah, I had 268 megabytes was yes. my... Yes. Yeah, my download was 214, but I think the, the people's angst was about the this required space. So my download was 214 megabytes. It required 1.9 gigabytes of free space on the phone to install, which is a lot. And a lot of people were complaining that they had to delete music or apps or photos and i had to i had to ditch some music temporarily because i usually that's only run about a gig free on my phone you get the space that's what, back that's right? what you i get did. it back afterwards yeah, yeah yeah it's just it has to expand and has to install sure. and like yeah it's kind of cruddy but the same thing happens on your mac like if you pay attention and actually actually apple makes it harder because they kind of log you out when they're doing updates but uh i mean updates have to you know they get unpacked and they've got to move stuff around and like it's cruddy, but it's just the way that the world works. Sorry, you know, like I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, um, I got well, a good a good tweet because I I kind of was joking around on Twitter and and uh, listener Carl Putnam Putnam said that Putnam. He, he believes he has a theory, and I think this is, this there could definitely be some logic in this that there are a bunch of people that don't upgrade to the newest OS because they're told that they haven't got enough space on their phone, and they don't want to delete things. Well, yeah, I mean, it's because everybody's walking around with nine gigs of photos on their camera roll. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd forgotten that eight gigabyte phones existed when I was uh, upgrading an iPhone 4 last weekend. Um, yeah. To that was the last one, I think. I think the 4S started the 16 gig yeah. as the base. But, uh, you know, it's it's cruddy, but, you know, it's whatever. Okay, it doesn't it keep me up at night. My, my mother called me... Um, in the evening after the update came out and she was like hey i i got um a little red badge thing on my on the, on the settings and um and i said yeah i know that there's an update and she was like should i should i go ahead and do the update because i don't want to and uh, so i got curious and i said why do, why don't you want to to update and uh, and now she told me yeah because every time uh, there's an update something goes wrong <laughs> and uh, and and so uh, I got even more curious because uh, you know when when I hear these uh, this stuff from my parents about iOS I always want to to 
like take notes for the for for the prompt <laughs> and um they don't know that I'm doing this by the way so and um <laughs> And um, so basically she told me that every time she gets um, error messages for, for the verification of the software update, and sure enough, uh, she tried to perform the iOS 7.1 update and she got a verification failed or something. And, uh, <laughs> and, and eventually, because I insisted, she, she managed to install the 7.1, but it, uh, it took like two hours for some reason. And she asked my my old iPhone 5, so it's not an old device. And uh, so I, I think there is a, an argument to be made about people not upgrading because it's uh, because it's annoying. You know, you, you you lose access to your phone for, 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 for a few minutes or maybe hours. You have to delete stuff and maybe you get verification failures. It's, you know, people just don't want to put up with that. Yeah, but don't you think on the whole that over-the-air update is better than like... Oh yeah, sure. I gotta plug oh, it into. So I, I gotta find a cable. I gotta plug yeah. it into iTunes, and I actually updated mine through iTunes. But, um, but I still sync with iTunes over USB for some things, and so. <laughs> no, no, it's it's awesome, and I agree. I, I'm just saying that it, that guys. in a in a perfect in a perfect and uh, fair world, uh, the it would be like magic, right? You would just tap a button, and it takes like two seconds, and boom, you're you're up- updated. Uh, I know that. Uh, in the world that we live in, <laughs> it's not fair. Uh, and updates, and updates fail, and you get errors, and you got to delete stuff. But I think there's also another argument to be made about the fact that 16 gigabytes on the iPhone as a as a starting model that that needs to go away. I agree. Yeah, it's, because it's yeah. it's just you know you don't have the space anymore because you you know you download a few games, you take a few photos, a video, and then you don't have this you know. Yeah. space anymore you got you got a got a free app and which doesn't make any sense to me yeah. so especially if you are go ahead right. so, so i have a question Hi. for you guys um i'm sorry to interrupt um like you said six months right and i think on the whole we would agree the update's pretty good it seems faster seems less crashy like it's probably what ios 7 should have been <laughs> in the beginning but why why six months? And I have a theory, and either my, so my theory is that Iowa seven point one is actually a huge like refactoring of Iowa seven. That there is a lot of code in Iowa seven that got thrown away and rewritten for yep. seven point one, uh, especially like in the Springboard and like you know I, I can't prove that. Like I'm sure someone could, but. My my feeling is that this took so long because it was really really bad, and they had to go in and really do a lot of work. But if that's well, not uh, the case, what is Cupertino doing? Like, what is everyone doing at Apple if that yeah. if the, if they haven't been rewriting Iowa Seven? Like, to, my, even just to address, just do something that would have addressed those crashes. Like, if if they if as you say, Stephen, if it if that if that didn't take like a massive undertaking to fix that. Then there should have been many more bug fixes than we have had. Um, yeah. That you know, rather than having to for six months for me to every single day have my phone um, reboot, like it's not doing it anymore. Basically, I mean, I'll talk about it. I might talk about this a little more in a moment, but I'm still um, kind of like gritting my teeth every time I open multitasking, 
like the multitasking Just, thing. You're kind of bracing for it to crash. Because I'm used to every single time I do it, like I double tap, and then when I do the swipe, I'm like, it's going to happen, it's going to happen every single time. Like, Yeah, so so Gabe uh, Weatherhead at Mac Drifter wrote an article and kind of talking about some of that. Uh, his title is admittedly inflammatory, probably. Iowa 7 should be an embarrassment. And he just talks about like, how that thing that you just described, Mike, of every time I go to multitasking, my phone crashes. Like, that is not true for everyone. We're going to talk about that in a second. But that's really, like, kind of a terrible thing to be said about Apple software from their perspective. Like, from the PR perspective, from the, like, I'm hanging out with my friends, my phone reboots, and everybody jokes about it. Like, that's not a situation that's great for Apple to be in. And while 7.1 does address that stuff, it's concerning that it took this long and that if it really, here's the really the big kicker for me. If they really did have to rewrite a bunch of stuff to fix all this, what mechanism with an Apple failed for that to get out the door? Yeah. Well, where's the QA? I'm like, my opinion on Apple's like QA has changed. Mm-hmm. Like, because this should not have shipped. It's, it was a wide enough, it was a widespread enough problem that it was clearly not, like um, it was. Cl- I was clearly not doing anything crazy. It was not an edge case, like because there are enough people that speak about the fact that iOS was crashing every day. How did it yeah. ever ship? And and how is it? How have they not had a point release that just addressed that part, as opposed to the additional things like the additional UI tweaks and all the other stuff that they added in seven one or changed in seven one? It doesn't make sense to me why it's taken six months to address the springboard crashes. My um, let's say feeling is that um, basically 7.1 does a lot of changes for the iPhone 4 and the iPad 3. And um, let's say that it took a while to, to, to make those updates ready. And for some reason I, I, that I don't know why they decided to incorporate all these changes in... Uh, in uh, in 7.1 for all devices so uh it, it took a, a long time i believe to to optimize for older devices because maybe ios 8 isn't gonna come out on those devices and they want to make sure that the latest version of ios 7 is stable enough for the mm-hmm. iphone 4 and ipad 3 mm-hmm. and uh, the problem as as mike said is that i don't know why they couldn't separate the you know Older, older device uh, update, Springboard update. They just decided to group it into one, which took six months, and that's a problem because it's it's a seriously long time. And even even if maybe, even if maybe you know normal people don't don't use multitasking and and you know as much as we do, although uh, maybe that's not true at all. I don't know because there's a there's some people saying nerds used to, you know, nerds tend to, to notice these problems more. Uh, and I think that's not true or fair, because I think that people like my mother or my friends, they, they told me a lot of times that, you know, the phone had problems, basically. Because it, it's not the, 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 you know, the operating system. For them, it becomes the phone. The phone has a problem, right, Be- when it crashes. And, uh, and maybe that's not... Uh, that's not good for for Apple in terms of you know user perspective. And um, now, should iOS seven be an embarrassment? Uh, 
I don't know. It's that seems like that seems like um, maybe too much, you know, because on the whole, people seem to be liking it. Uh, but I agree with Mike. Uh, I, I I don't know how is it possible that the Q and A, you know, they just completely miss this this stuff. And maybe they were they were aware of that. I don't know. And uh, why did it take six months? Uh, and why did they decide to 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 ship the the home screen fix with the with the iPhone four and iPad three stuff? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That that's a strange decision. Yeah, and it, and so former Apple blogger uh, Ben Brooks wrote an article and had a hey, um, had a he had some charts which I think are interesting. Um, he sampled about seven hundred people, and I mean, just people who read Ben's site, which is behind a paywall. I mean, these are nerds, right? Like, um, and it sort of kind of was the opposite of what Gabe's saying, actually, that, you know, it's, yes, like, people noticed this, but it wasn't as big of a deal as maybe it was made out to be. But I think the very fact that we're t- having now, like, a 10-minute conversation about this shows that it is a problem. Like, forget numbers, forget fancy pie charts. Like, Apple has had a reputation for so long of, like, pretty solid software. And... You saw it slipping on the Mac and you see apps like, you know, iWork languish for a really long time and then the replacements be really bad. And to see that creeping into like iOS, which is, this is Apple's biggest software product by far. iOS is much bigger than OS X and obviously much bigger than apps that just run on top of OS X. And so to see it here, A, I think it helps explain like how iWork came out the door so in such shoddy shape, but it, it, it just, it makes me pause and it makes me uh, worry that whatever's going on over there is not, is not good. You know, I think 7.1, I think Federico, your point of like, I would say is going to cut off device support for a bunch of stuff. I fully expect 7.1. Like we might have one or two more updates to it, but 7.1 is the final version of iOS seven more or less. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a while I, I had this like theory, I didn't even write about it, but it's like, are we like, are we gonna see like iOS seven point five at WWDC? Like, are they gonna slow it down? Because like a major release every year is is difficult, and you know, between like iOS four and iOS five, for instance, like yeah, there's some stuff, but you know, are they gonna slow it down with iOS seven? And I, I really think I really think now that they can't, only from a PR perspective, that if they release iOS seven point two or seven point five at WWDC, and it's not called iOS 8, people are going to be like, what is going on? I feel like they could do 0.5 with the S devices. What what do you mean? So when they release like the the, the 6S, they could do 8.5, and then 9 comes with the next. Yeah, and part of it is just a naming convention issue, and Apple has this problem next year with OS 10, like, you know, uh, what is you know what are you going to call this thing? And so double it's ten, double ten, double ten. They'll just call it X ten or ten X. Ten ten. That's what's going to happen. Oh, it's ten ten. Because I OS- I struggle every time I have to read oh like on the news or something like OS ten ten point. Yeah, it's th- OS ten ten point ten. Like that's gonna, <laughs> not going to. It's not wow. feasible at that point. But like iOS fifteen sounds weird too. 
Yeah. And like yeah. that's not that far away. And so Yeah, because you get the same problem as video games. So you get Final Fantasy 15, which sounds awful in my yeah. opinion. So Final yeah. Fantasy 407. Yeah. <laughs> so I have some um some feelings about uh 7.1. That would it be okay if I went through some of my experiences with using it over the last couple of days? Yes. Some of your of your feelings too. Mm-hmm. Lay down on the couch and tell us just talk to us, Mike. So I've been using iOS 7.1 for the last <laughs> couple of days, and on the whole, I kind of like it. <laughs> I, really I, I, sh- I should have seen this coming. <laughs> I just, I just let, I walk right into it. So um, my phone felt immediately faster, and I have no way of knowing what's contributing to this. Is my phone faster, or are I, I have all animations turned on, or are the animations just faster? Now, Stephen, I believe you are somebody who does not have the animations turned on. I use reduce motion. Um, and I actually, so I turned it off because I, I, I actually read your note that the animations felt faster. And I was like, oh, great. Because I turned them off because they felt too slow. And I turned them on, and now it's like, Flying at me like a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, so. I was initially. I've gotten used to this now. Did you like duck when you launched Tweetbot? <laughs> when I was using my iPhone for like the first couple of hours afterwards, I kind of felt a little strange. Like I don't know. I don't know if it was making me feel a little sort of oh, motion on, sick. Oh come on! But it felt. I felt weird because it was kind of like it's so fast. I mean, you know, there was a thing about that. Like it was an actual thing. But I did feel strange. It was kind of like a very weird feeling. It was like this is much too fast, and I've kind of gotten used to it now. And can I can I just say, Mike, that it's not just the animations. It's uh, the 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 OS is basically more responsive to touches on the screen. So you can try this very simply by um, if you if you try to close an app, and when the animation is finishing on iOS seven point one, you can actually tap on an, on another icon. Hmm. And, and and the touch is received by the OS. I just Whereas did it. In, yeah, it works. Yeah, and and in the older OS, the touch would would just be lost. Huh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, was... so the, the, they actually cut down the you know the animation time, but they also made sure that by cutting down the animation time, the the OS would also receive touch events, which is nice. Federico, you'd be a really good blogger with all these discoveries. Yeah, I know. I should. I should try to find. You know, make a living out of this. iOS stories done that. You can, <laughs> you can go with that. Um, so please, please go on with with the feelings and and everything. Um, <laughs> I feel happy because my phone hasn't crashed, and I mean that that sentence is quite interesting on its own. But I've been for the last couple of days. I haven't had any crashes. I've had none, which is a one hundred percent improvement. Maybe two hundred percent because it's been two days. I'm not good at math. Um, <laughs> The system font is heavier, right? It's not changed. It's just the heavier. keyboard is weird. The keyboard first. is is strange. I'm not, I'm still not 100 percent used to it, but I feel better. Initially, I was like, have I got that bold setting turned on? Accessibility. I thought that because I turned the bold setting on for my mum when I upgraded her phone to iOS 7 because she couldn't. She didn't like the thin text. She could. She you know. Mm. She likes a little meat on the bones. mike text is far too large in notification center in general (laughs) yeah something weird has happened and it's way too big like i feel like notification center is is no longer 
following the convention of the system font setting that apparently is meant to be a system font setting that I set. <laughs> except where it isn't. <laughs> except where they decide they want it to be read from like the next building. <laughs> no notifications and no missed notifications is huge. Like it's yeah. it's massive. It's it's weird. It's very very peculiar. So does anybody? I'm sorry again, Mike. Does anybody know what the missed <laughs> no, notification well, stuff I have is? No idea. Do, do we do? need? Do we need to like get a degree to understand what <laughs> missed notification is? I, I don't know. I feel like I gotta go to to I don't know be an intern at Cupertino to understand because it doesn't make sense. What is missed? What, why does know. it always have things? I, I don't I don't yeah. miss things. I think so, it shows your notifications in a chronological order. And it's ones that you have not... Um, so, for instance, I have a voicemail from somebody from two days ago. I'm really on top of things. <laughs> if I go about missed, like, that's not in there, and I don't know why it's not in there, and I don't know how to clear the missed ones. <laughs> like, okay, so I have, some, I have some Tweetbot ones uh, in uh, here. So let me open... Uh, we're going to figure this out. I'm going to open Tweetbot. I kind of feel things. like I kind of feel like the same guy who designed the new shift key. Okay, okay, is, is the same that. guy Don't. in charge of missed notifications? No, I learned, I learned it. I learned it good, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Uh, so I had a bunch of Tweetbot missed notifications, and I opened Tweetbot, and they went away. And so it's those are still in, and they're gone in all as well. And yeah, so they should be gone. So I think miss is just a subset of things, and they are in reverse chronological order, which I, I think is kind of nice. Thanks um, for clearing it up by saying it's a subset of things. Now, now everybody knows exactly. It's a subset. Know, we're no clearer. We're, we're no clearer. But I learned you know, it so good. The only thing I miss is the old Apple. <laughs> I mean, come on, what is this missed stuff? What, what, what do I, I miss? If I, I clear know. a notification in all, it goes away and missed. So I just cleared a bunch of Yahoo Sports ones, and now they're gone and missed. So, then so I'm basically, all doing I'm basically <laughs> Dr. Drang. If that's all it does, that's then it, all, all it's it doing is replicating the other panel. So it doesn't make any sense. Don't use logic. So overall... Okay, yeah, so the shift key is, is weird and wrong, and I don't understand it. And It distracts the, me. I get it's it wrong every time wrong. so far. Yep. I, I feel like I'm constantly having to guess now, which whether I'm going to be writing in, in cap, caps or not, and I will frequently get it wrong. So I'm like, I... I Hope the shift key is enabled. Oh no, it's not. Okay, let me delete that and go back and do it again. And also, well, it's, especially it's on the iPad, I find it really like where the color changes. It kind of like distracts my eye. But you see, Mike, it's not a problem. It's a feature. It's basically a built-in game on iOS. It's called the the guessing <laughs> flappy switch game. key. <laughs> so you can pay like two bucks to have like a hint, and and there's a little picture of Johnny Hive popping up on the screen. And, uh, and then basically you have to play this game. No, seriously, it doesn't make any sense. It, it, it's basically, when it's off, it looks like it's turned on. And when it's on, it look, it's completely backwards. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm Are you guys both trying to? To understand I the can't, I just key. can't work it out. Are you still thinking about... Are you still thinking about misnotifications? <laughs> yeah. That's two mysteries of modern iOS history. <laughs> oh, Shift like key that. and missed notifications. It sounds like you're rapping now. Mm. Um, have I got any more feelings? Yeah, I have an interesting one. You have a feeling about a man's voice. 
I'm going to fly at you after today's episode. <laughs> you can't do that. Pretty sure I can. You can't fire me from your heart. Wow. Well, for sure. I mean... <laughs> can I... Wow. This... Uh, so in 7.1, in 7.1, they have changed the UK male voice of Siri. Mm. Now, I had no idea this was happening, um, but they have. And and I, what I wanted to do for you guys is... Does he talk like the princess now? <laughs> <laughs> no, there is a female version, though. There is a female <laughs> Siri in the UK. Um, you can choose. Um, should be the, you should be able to buy the princess voice as an in-app purchase. <laughs> you should, I, I would love to be able to. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> what's happening? So what I've done, um, unfortunately, I didn't recognize that this change had happened until after I'd updated all of my devices to iOS 7. So I don't have a device that will um, be able to give you the iOS 6 voice. So I've had to cut it out of an ad. So you're going to hear that now. So there's going to be a bit of music. But then what I did was I, I asked Siri the same question and got a, a relatively similar answer um, and recorded it. So are you gentlemen ready to hear this? Yes. I'm going to take that as a yes. Yes. Should be pretty nice this weekend in Paris. There will be some nice weather this weekend in Paris, France. It's pretty different, right? I like the it, new one a lot it, better. Yeah. He's younger. Yeah, should we ask him <laughs> which should we ask him some questions live on the show and see what he says? Ask 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 him about his age. Okay. How old are you? I am not allowed to answer that question. Okay. Wow. It's a much better so sounding voice. The old voice that old voice that you hear, um, that was recorded, I, th I think it was about 10 years ago, like Apple recorded this voice because there was a story that came out. I'm going to find this for the show notes. Yeah, now. it was on The Verge. Because this guy um, is actually, he announces a very popular game show in the UK called The Weakest Link. And then there was like a story that came out that he didn't, he recorded this, this voice years and years ago and he had no idea Apple were going to use it. So they're actually using um, very old voice tech for him. So they, maybe they they're it. maybe they're using his son now. Yeah, maybe they are. It does sound you know it sounds like it. But he's you know he's got a, a youthful <laughs> you know kind of voice. He's got some inflection to it. It's getting stuff. strange. I don't think the I use the female voice in the states. I don't think it has changed. But I don't definitely not. If it is, it's not as as drastic as that. I I, I think it's better. Yeah, the, the Italian one changed uh, changed last year, I believe, and um, I used the female one too, and and it's now it, uh, I believe that overall it's an improvement because the Italian one actually sounds uh, more mature, and uh, but it's got a more natural tone, and uh, it's yeah. uh, it's it's really nice now, and uh, but I believe that was done last summer in Italy. Cannot remember. Yeah, see that that's what I would definitely say that the new Siri in the UK has a much more natural turn. The the old one was quite robotic. Are we done with seven point one? Yes. We are never done, but we can continue. Okay. So I'm going to take a, a quick break to thank our second sponsor for this week's episode, and that is the fine folks over at Squarespace. They are the all-in-one platform that make it fast and easy to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TALLYHO3. Squarespace are always doing great work to make sure that their platform is up to date with new features, new designs, and they make their support team greater 
every single day. They have beautiful templates that you can get started with and tons of style options for you to adjust. This allows you to change things like colors. You can easily drag and drop things around the page to change the layout. You can change fonts and all of this fun stuff. You can drag and drop content from your desktop and you do all of this in a web browser with your site laid out exactly how it's going to look right in front of you. So you are editing your site live and seeing how these changes that you're making will make the overall change to your website. And you can still click around and take a look at everything whilst you're editing it. And then when you're finished, you can just publish those those changes. So you see it happening live, but the people going to your website won't see a rapidly changing site. You save it, publish it. It's fantastic. It's a, for me, because it's, you know I, I don't know a lot of, I don't know how to do any Web, web design or anything like that. It's a very simple way and it's an easy way for me to make these changes that I want to make and I can see what my input, what the imp- my input, how that will change the way that my website looks. I think it's fantastic. It works for me and, and, I, and it's just very simple. Squarespace makes sure that your site's going to look fantastic on any device because every single Squarespace website has its own unique, responsive mobile design so it's going to look great on all devices you can easily connect your favorite web and social services to pull content in and push content out to them as well and squarespace also has their own e-commerce platform squarespace commerce so on any squarespace plan if you want to set up a shop and sell things in just a few minutes you can do this it's very very simple to do all of Squarespace is easy to use, but if you need any help, there are over 70 dedicated employees who are on their customer care team based in New York City. They're available for live chat during the week and has super fast email support and Twitter support throughout the day and night. Now, I want to tell you something. I've mentioned this a few times, but this really is your last chance. If you are looking for a cool new place to work and you're an engineer or designer, Squarespace could be the place for you. They're looking to hire 30 engineers and designers by March 15th. They're inviting potential candidates and their spouses down to New York for a weekend completely on them. They'll put you up in awesome accommodation, and they'll take you out to see the town. If you want to go and check out Squarespace and hang out with the awesome guys there, maybe even for opportunity to go work with that great team, go to beapartofit.squarespace.com to find out more. As I said earlier, you can try out Squarespace for free. There's no credit card required to do this. And if you decide to purchase a Squarespace plan, they start at just $8 a month, which also includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Make sure that you get 10% off and support this show by using the offer code TALLYHO3. That's T-A-L-L-H-O and the number 3. Thanks so much to Squarespace for their support of 5x5 and their continued support of the world's greatest podcast. Hey, Mike. Hey. So you uh, you still have your pebble. Sure do. Have not rage smashed it. Have not. Wear it every day. Still continue to love it and use it. Cool. So Evernote uh, earlier this week announced some integration with it. And quickly, could you kind of walk us through what it does? Because you're an Evernote user as well. I mean, yep. what, what is this thing about? So it's a, it's an, it's a pebble watch app. Um, which you download from the, the the Pebble Store. So you go to the Pebble Store. It's featured there at the moment, but you can search for, for Evernote. Uh, what it does is it installs this little uh, Pebble app onto your watch. Uh, does all this over Bluetooth. Um, and then in the Pebble app itself, it opens up a, um, a web view to allow you to sign in to Evernote. And you also... Um, you sign into Evernote and you authenticate and you you allow the app, like the the watch app, the ability to authenticate. Is that what they call like what what is what, like the old? What are you trying to old, say? I'm I'm trying my I'm trying to say the, the Pebble has to have access to Evernote. Bingo, Evernote's main app. Or you know, 
also known as authenticate with authentication so you can authenticate the app authentically. <laughs> Which is what I was also trying to say. So, but I was formalizing my next point, which was this is a, a key example of how um, Pebble, the, the, the device, and the Pebble app work together. So my Evernote app on my Pebble watch is not syncing with my Evernote app on my iPhone. My Pebble Evernote app is syncing with the, Ever- with the Pebble app and he's doing all of this through the web. Okay, so it's it has a direct because Evernote. I, people might not even know this. Evernote, you can actually sign in online, and like yep. they have a whole web interface. So you're saying it's syncing with that, so you don't have to open the regular iOS app first for something to be synced. Exactly. Okay. Well, I guess I guess they're using the the API to yeah. like to to check for. Because can I get a bit technical? Always, like for ten seconds. Yeah. Basically, you can you in the Evernote API, uh, you have a, like um, you, you can just filter your notes to to see the ones with uh, with checklists or to dos or reminders or dates and that kind of stuff. So I guess that the Pebble app wants you to to see like the notes that include um, lists or to dos. Uh, am I am I right, Mike? You yep. can because it, it's meant like for grocery shopping. That kind of you can you thing. can see your notes too, but I'll go into that in a moment. So I guess that through the the API, they just look for notes that meet a specific, you know, criteria, and, and they just filter down your notes to to the ones that that are okay. So is is the app nice, by the way? Is uh do you, do you like it? I'll get to that in a moment. I just okay. just, one, I just wanted to make one more point. So there are companion apps that you can download for pebble apps that are on the watch now those ones will connect directly to those applications but where you do not use a companion app the pebble apps on the pebble device are always syncing with the pebble app on your phone so for example the foursquare pebble app syncs with the pebble app not the foursquare app am i making sense this is, a, this is a, this is a key thing this is one of the key changes that came with the with the pebble 2.0 software was that it uses the Pebble app on your phone as a conduit to sync data, where previously you would have to sync with those individual applications. So let's say I had, there was like an app that I had called Smartwatch Pro, which done a bunch of stuff like sync my calendar, sync the weather and stuff like that. My Pebble would have had to be syncing directly with that third-party application and would have to have a, a multitude of companion applications so I could sync all of this different stuff backwards and forwards. But now, unless a companion app is specified as required, it will sync with just the Pebble app to get this data and it pulls them all in from web services. Okay, hmm. so that that's because they did the the Pebble App Store yeah, thing. Yeah, right? that, that's that's okay. the point. That's one of the key things that they introduced with the Pebble App Store. Like, I if I deleted the Avano app from my iPhone, my my watch would still stay in sync. Okay, it's, nice. yeah, that makes sense. That, that's nice. Yeah. So they're independent of each other. So let me talk about the app itself. It's very simple. Like most Pebble apps, it's you know it's a scrolling mechanism because you have the buttons to scroll up and down, and you basically it's just it's, all Pebble apps really are kind of just nested lists on the whole. Um, there obviously are exceptions to that, like Flappy Bird clones. Yes, there is actually a, a, a Flappy Bird 
app on the P- Bible. Please tell me it's called Flappy Worst. No, it's, it's got some some other. Such a missed opportunity name. there. It's like, <laughs> so let me talk to you about about my impressions. It's very simple to navigate. It's it's you know it's slow and kind of clunky with the buttons, but it's it's simple. You know, you just scroll up and down, and you you have notebooks, reminders, checklists, shortcuts, tags. Shortcuts is is like safe searches. Tags nearby, um, and then settings. That's that. They're all the notes. Like they're all the, the fields that you get. Um, the, one of the strangest things is I have all of my notebooks, and I can go in and take a look at individual notes. Right, and it will show me the list of all of them. It does not show shared notebooks. And if I share a notebook with someone, I can no longer see that notebook. Hmm. Oh, maybe that's a bug. Very peculiar. I don't, I don't so you, you can actually see all notes, not just the ones with uh, yep. with lists or reminders. You can see all notes. And if, hmm. if it's, for example, a PDF, it would just say there is no text in this note. Oh, okay. Uh, because I, I thought that it was just limited to, to lists and... and and to do's that's where so, really it kind of should be because if i open a, a big text note all i'm doing is scrolling down 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 yeah down, down down and and i don't really know how how this would be useful um because my phone's never far away i i, I have yet to be able to find a reason for why i would need to read my travel itinerary on my watch right and that's what slowly. i that's that was my point on this like I think the pebble and things like it really at this point really shine in like the notification area, which we talked about at length when you first got your pebble, but like sort of like a quick list, like, you know, Federico, your example of the grocery shopping thing. Like, I don't, I don't want to interact with like a 1500 word note on my wrist when my phone is in my pocket. Like, yeah, it's cool that it can do it and it's, Kind of cool that I could have a little check mark list, and I like the world's greatest checklist that you put in the show notes. But mm-hmm. like, how useful is that day to day? So the checklist stuff could be useful um, if you're running around and it's just there on your wrist. It's easier to get to. It's easier to go in and check things off. Very simple to set up in the app um, or on the web, and then it just syncs, and you can just go in. You can just check each item off as you go. So that's kind of cool you know you're running around you can leave it on that screen it will just stay on that screen um mm-hmm. and then you and and because of the way the pebble works the screen doesn't go off it's just there so you can quickly keep glancing at it every time i move my wrist the backlight comes on you know if you're running around and doing stuff like you're in the supermarket or whatever that's actually quite a useful so actually very useful if you use evernote for this type of thing yeah um I don't know, at this Outside point, it feels, like a, it feels like a tech demo. Like, it feels like we could do this, so we did it. Yeah. And it's it, interesting that Evernote was all like, we're going to fix our core service and they go make a watch app. Like, I don't know, that's not it, a core service, but. It's, which is exactly why it should have been restricted to checklists and reminders, because then you maybe wouldn't have thought this. Because yeah. then you'd be like, I can see the utility in that, including everything, including saved searches and things like that. Tags. I don't understand what is a whole field for tags. Like, it just seems very peculiar to me. <laughs> Um, they kind they were kind of like so close to being able to do something which was cool, and they did the cool thing, but then threw in a bunch of stuff that's unnecessary. I don't understand why I need to have access to every single note that I have in my Evernote library. Like it doesn't make sense to me. And like, why do I even see 
the notes that are PDF attachments. Why do I even see them? Because I open it and it says you get there is just text in this. There is no text in this note. Like I don't get it. Yeah. Um, so if they would, know. if as as Federico said, they could have chosen to make that restriction, but they chose not to do that. Um, just a peculiar, very peculiar. It's useful, like in some instances, but by doing some of it, they've kind of they've done too much. Yeah, well, and you know, if if rumors are to be believed, they might have some some competition on the Mac. Um, oh yeah, I saw that today. Yeah, yeah. So Microsoft OneNote is it's been PC only forever. It's actually a really out of the office apps. It's one of the better ones. Uh, I got some friends who really swear by it. It's a note taking. Seriously? App. Yeah. You know people who use OneNote? Yes. Who like? Wow. Uh, actually, a guy I used to work with like religiously uses it um and so this is there's a bunch of flurry right now but this is part of it that one note be, could be coming uh to the mac it hasn't i don't think it's ever been on the mac there was like a version of word that had like parts of it in there but uh, that it would come as a standalone app to the mac which would be really interesting um and hand in hand with this is another rumor that microsoft office for the mac uh could be getting an update later this year you know currently it's office 2011 they updated it to be Retina, uh, I believe. Um, I could find a link, either proving or disproving that. But it's, it's it's been a while, and I use Office on the Mac actually a good bit. I mean, do either of you guys even have it installed? No. Yeah, yeah. I use uh, Excel instead of Numbers. Yep, me too. No, I use Numbers because the sort of things that I do don't require Excel on my Mac. If I um, if I use my Mac for like actual corporate work, mm-hmm. like you do, Stephen, I do. I would definitely have Office. Yeah, it. You know, uh, personally, I'm with Federico. Like, I use Excel instead of Numbers, and I keep that with my um, income and expenses for five twelve and the prompt and stuff and some Excel sheets. But I keep it around because I have customers who send me things in Word. I had a opened an eighty page PowerPoint document today that could have just been a PDF, but that's confusing. Um, but it's definitely time for it to to be updated. And you know, all, all this kind of circles back to like, is it coming to the iPad? And I think you know, Microsoft's rebranded their uh, their online storage thing. You know, that's kind of coming into play in, in a new way. And I really think that if they had Office on the PC, on the Mac, on, on the iPad, let's just say universal iOS, iPad and iPhone, and it all synced with the cloud, I think they could make a real case for, you know, that Microsoft has an alternative to Google Drive. And, like, we use, we've yeah. talked about this forever. We use Drive a lot uh, I use it a lot at work. We use it for the show. Apple has kind of failed at that, and the iWork experience is really broken. And I think there's an opportunity for Microsoft to come in there and, and really make a move. And I hope they do it. And my gut says that they will. Is that going to mean a lot of difference for you, Mike? Probably not. But businessmen who carry iPads and like ThinkPads, that could be huge. And it, it would be good for Apple. And if they charge enough, it could be really good for Microsoft too. The idea of the OneDrive thing, though, like they might be doing some stuff there, but don't mistake the rebranding as a a play that they're moving more. They just lost a trademark dispute. 
Well, they didn't pay the guy off, but I mean, well, it was, but, it was, but it was, they have they have uh, been the Murdoch company. Yeah, I mean, you'll just hack your cell phones, but they have been working on it. I mean, they have been updates over the last year, and so you know, I, I just seen another link in the in the, in the document. Sorry, that the blog is just closed. Yeah, so office for so okay, so the there for a long time, and maybe this means that they're gone too. Uh, the Mac business unit um, at Microsoft was in charge of Office for Mac, and it was my understanding is that it was uh, developed sort of separately from the PC version, and now they don't have a blog anymore. And so, does that mean that development maybe has just collapsed? Using, maybe they're just using app.net. <laughs> they're just writing 256 word yeah. character just, blog posts. They're just sticking it behind a paywall. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I think I just thought it was funny. Like, there's all these rumors, and like the Office for Mac blog shuts down, and they they just moved it to the Office blog. So the the optimistic view that I am choosing to take with Office is that it, the Mac business unit has the full blessing of Microsoft and. They are powering to a new version of Office that'll be on iOS and the Mac and be like cloud powered and be really good and like I would like if it's good I would leave I'd leave Google. I don't have any allegiance to Google Drive we use it because it's the best thing out there um, but if if Microsoft can step up and like really deliver I, I think it'd be great for everyone. There's one this is gonna sound insane. There's one company that I honestly believe could beat Google Drive and take a chunk out of Evernote's type of stuff it's microsoft oh now you're gonna get all the all the listener mail yeah, about it. oh no apple iwork is the best because if, uh, if I, I use <laughs> iwork and i and i love it and i and and and, and it's much yeah. better than google drive yeah okay sure how if there's, if there's one company that knows how to make a word processor like yes word is insane it, there's too much going on but it's still good like if you yeah, take away I, a lot I mean, of insanity, I mean, Word is is insane. Okay, sure, I get the argument. And and what about Pages, right? Because uh, uh, Pages is so much better. Yeah, is it? And then Apple updates the app, and then suddenly every feature is gone, and uh, every medium to you know large business owner who relied on that particular feature that was uh, required to I don't know write a report every month now is gone. Because why? Because Apple believes that their philosophy is much better. And because uh, Jonathan Ive is in charge, and he, de- he decided to just swoop in and remove every feature. And whereas good old uh, Microsoft Word is still working. Yeah, you can, if there's uh, one thing you can rely on Microsoft not to do is to remove a software feature. Yeah, and and maybe that's not uh, maybe that's not hippie enough. Maybe it's just you know it's it's fancy to you know redesign things and remove stuff and be <laughs> modern. But you know what? Word and Num and Excel, they, they, they are ugly, but they work. It's like I don't know that trusty old car that gets you anywhere. Wow, I, I can't tell Mike, but I think Federico is still worked up about iWork. Um, I did I did drop <laughs> yeah. in the show notes. Uh, this actually had the image in the blog post like pop into my mind while we were talking about this. It's from two thousand and six, and it's um, a blog post about the uh, the mac business unit and this if you scroll through it like it has words but the more exciting part is like a rack of blue and white g3s a black of g4s like all the hardware that they had um or you know assumingly still have 
uh, chugging away at Microsoft. You know, it's it's a bunch of Apple stuff, and I know it's it's a fun little post. So you should you should check that out. So they they, they should million. they should release a new Office for Mac version and just make a special edition like a like a celebratory Balmer edition, and you can like buy the box and there's a photo of Steve Balmer and you, and you'll be like uh, I'm so happy to have the the ultimate edition. I, I would buy that. I kind of miss the guy. You know, it used to be when Balmer was around, the news used to be funny. Now it's kind of boring lately. It's back to being I kinda, sensible. I, I, I kind of miss the guy, you know, uh, just running around on, on stages, screaming and sweating. It was, it was, it was a human kind of person. <laughs> you got to watch how much he said it though, because if he finds out, he'll force his way onto this show. <laughs> I, yeah. I would love to have, I would love to have Balmer here. <laughs> yeah, Mike, if you land Balmer, uh, I will record any time of day. <laughs> I'll do what I can. Do I need to email Hattie about that? Maybe she can get it done. Yeah, I think I think that they they can they can arrange that for us. So shall we talk about the uh, our last group of friends before we 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 finish off with today's show? Yes, sure. That sound good. So I want to take a moment to thank Smile for supporting this week's episode of the Prompt, and I want to talk to you about the PDF Pen suite of applications. If you need to do anything with PDFs, you need PDF Pen from Smile Software. You can add a signature, make changes to text and images, correct a typo, fill out forms, and that's just the beginning. If you've got a, if you've got a scan document, well, PDF Pen includes OCR, so you can convert that scan into text that can be searched, copied, and corrected. If you want to remove sensitive info, such as tax ID numbers from your PDF before sharing it, well, PDF Pen can perform redaction, removing the stuff that you want to keep private. PDF Pen 6 is out now, and the new features make it more powerful and easier to use than ever. The interface and tools have been updated and improved, and now you can export your PDFs to Microsoft Word format for sharing or editing, as which is a perfect tie to what we've just been discussing. You can get PDF Pen for $60 in the Mac App Store or direct from Smile, or you can buy PDF Pen Pro for $100 and you'll get advanced features like form creation tools and document permission settings. You can find out more about PDF Pen at smilesoftware.com slash 5x5. But Smile also has something new, and that's PDF Pen Scan Plus. Now you can have the power of your office right in your pocket. You can scan contracts, invoices, or receipts as PDFs with your iPhone or iPad using the camera. You can use OCR to make that scanned image into editable text, which is kind of cool. Like Imagine all of that in the palm of your hand. So you can take a picture of something, like a contract, and that will be OCR'd on your phone so you can search that text. It's kind of incredible. You can get this now for four ninety nine in the App Store, and if you go over to smilesoftware.com slash 5x5, you can watch a beautiful video by 5x5 host David Sparks all about PDF Pen Scan Plus. Thank you so much to Smile for sponsoring this week's episode of The Prompt. So, day one, which is a, a journaling app for OS X and iOS, got a pretty neat update this week. Um, they call, they're calling it uh, Publish, sort of a fancy name. And basically what it does is you can take a uh, an entry. So day one lets you write entries. You can attach photos, attach what song you're listening to, the weather, GPS location, and put all that together in, a, in what up until last week was a private 
uh, just a private journal. Like you could share it as a PDF and a couple other things if you wanted, but its primary use was personal. And now you can publish those in a really nicely formatted web page and share the link with people. And um, so, Federico, I know you're playing with this. I know I've played with it. I'm not sure Mike has, but I mean, Federico, you've talked a lot in the past about how you use Day One. Like, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on on publish? Uh, I think it's nice, and I think it makes a lot of sense because it, it's not like um, like Day One is uh, is becoming a social network or something. It's just it, it, they allow you to to specifically take an entry and make it public. And not just make it public so that it shows up on on search engines or something. You can just publish an entry and and you get like a, like a, a special URL. So if you want to, you can send that link to your friends. And and I think it makes sense because um, my journal is mostly about personal and private stuff that I wouldn't share with anybody else, not even my family or my friends, just for me. And uh, but there are a few times when I want to. You know, write things that they fit with the with the rest of the journal, but maybe they can be shared. So I think it makes sense to to allow day one users to to get it on the web and to have an integrated system. And um, because I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, now day one, uh, they they let you publish on the web," and uh, so they they have become an evil company. They want to. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just another option to get you know, to share what you write in day one if you want to. And I believe it's it's seriously well done because um, it's elegant, it's simple to use, it's built into the iPhone app. There are multiple confirmation dialogues before, before you publish. You can edit at any time and the app takes care of, of updating entries for you. You can share to multiple networks. So it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Instagram in the way you can tap on additional services to like Facebook and Twitter and Foursquare um, to, you know, rely your entry to, 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 to share your entry to, to, to other p- networks and, and followers. And um, yeah, it's nice. Uh, I haven't been publishing a lot of entries. It's, I have like three for now. And um, I know that people like Sean Blanca have been using the, the, the publish uh, service more and 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 I think it's awesome because uh, it fully supports the multi markdown previews that day one has mm-hmm. so if you go to if you go to to Sean's profile uh, or to Sean's site where where he has the links uh, you can see that he uses it as a as a coffee journal so you can you can see that it's got beautiful photo previews and multi markdown tables at the bottom uh, so you can do footnotes you can do links you can do Basically, anything that day one does on the Mac and iOS, it, 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 it's supported on the web. And I think it looks great. It's easy. It makes sense. Like I said, it, it makes sense to give this kind of option. Because, I mean, I could generate a PDF. Would I send a PDF to my mother? No, I wouldn't. Uh, it's much simpler to, to, you know, to just maybe take a picture of my dog, write a few sentences... Uh, generate a web page and send a message to my mother with the link. It's yeah. it's, it's it's convenient. Yeah, and I think it's important to note. I had a couple people email and tweet, you know, asking me. It's like, well, could you set this up as like a, a blog? And the answer is no. Um, each so if you if you if I if anyone <laughs> if what someone publishes a 
Not if Mike does it. Uh, if someone publishes a note, it is it is freestanding, and you can see there's you know author information on the page, but you can't go to like dayone.com/ismh and see everything that I have posted, and so there's no way to subscribe to someone's uh, published entries. And I think I think that's great, and for a couple of reasons, I think it means that. If I publish certain things and I, you know, I can share them with a subset of people who might follow me. So I might only send it to family. I might, I might write something only send it to the two of you. Um, and if I want to tweet it to the masses, I can just hit that button on the interface. Um, and so I, while some perceive that as a weakness that you know you can't subscribe to everything Federico Vitici publishes, I, I think it's I think it's fine. And I think it's in spirit with day one is a journal and journals are generally private. This is. Kind of like path, like it's air, big air quotes, private sharing. I, I am a little disappointed, though, in their execution of it. Right now, you can only share from the iPhone app, and I don't really know the reasons behind that. I, I haven't, I mean, honestly, I haven't reached out today one to ask. The, on, their, on their post, it just says the other apps are coming. Yeah, and so it's like, why not wait? Wait. Um, no now, one's asking for it. Like, And that, I don't mean it in a bad way. Now you've got it. It's like, this is running kind of cool but i don't think anybody expected it you could have just waited i guess i don't know well i mean they they pre-announced it but i mean but they didn't need to do that i I agree i mean they could have done it all at once and you know because it syncs so well and you can sync it with icloud or dropbox i use the dropbox option um you can write a whole post up on your mac and then pick up your iphone and hit publish but that's sort of that's sort of janky um you know, uh, they, they they say it's coming. And so I, I'll take them at their word that that would be hopefully sooner rather than later. But it's just a little bit of a weird rollout to me. Yep. I, I mean, I haven't I haven't used it. I, I use day one, but I don't think I use day one. Well, I know I don't use day one. Not properly is not the right word because it's how I want to use it. But I tend to just save images or screenshots of cool things. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of. I mean, very, I have a lot of that too, and it's not all like, you know, today someone was mean to me, and I, you know, like Cried there is some there, there's there's some emo stuff, but a lot of it is like, this is what my kids did today on the back porch, and it was funny, and I want to save it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for me, the uh, allow me to to imagine uh, iOS eight for a second. Um, basically, my parents sent me. Through iMessage every day, photos of them and photos of them with, with our dog, and um, because you know I live in Rome, they're in Viterbo, so we don't see each other uh, often, and and they send me photos, and and uh, and and I want to keep those photos. The problem is that I receive them on iMe- uh, on on the messages application, and to get them in day one, I need to save the photo from the messages app to the camera roll and then go into day one and import the photo from the camera roll and then delete that from the camera roll and it stays in the messages app whereas when when we talk about intra-app communication wouldn't it be great to just you know take the picture and and send it off to day one or from day one say hey i want to take a photo from the messages app so bring up a menu and let me pick the photo that I have in, in this conversation and keep it in day one. Whereas now in, in, in iOS 7, it's just a mess. You've got to save multiple times and then 
you gotta go delete the photo and uh, this is the kind of you know minor thing that it would be great to to have as a, as an enhancement in iOS 8 I agree because on Android it's easier yeah. and, and on iOS 7 is embarrassingly old-fashioned yep like having a unified like how you have a Dropbox right unified file uh, yep. picker that would be great so I could just go into any app, even if it's just allowing me to pull up the messages, pictures, you know, the, the media that's stored in the messages app. You know, it's something seems quite simple, but if you have that sort of unified unified file picker, it doesn't need to be unified file storage, but everywhere writes to a place that's recognizable by other applications. Um, would just be yeah. fantastic. So basically, the you know w- what I wanted to imply is that y- even if you manage to hack my day one database you will find a lot of photos of my parents and my dog i don't know if you're into that so feel free to try to hack me or not I do. <laughs> it's so it's so great as a photo journal it's a, yeah. it's just a just a great app you know it's i've been using it for oh geez it's like three years now never failed me once so 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 great and it's kind of painful to, to, I mean, at least for me, it's not really just photos of my parents and my dog. It's, uh, I got a couple more, th- more things there, like memories. And it's kind of painful sometimes to, to look back. It's kind of like that Mad Men episode about the Kodak. Um, you guys remember? Yep, Mad I do Men? indeed. Uh, what's the Kodak Carousel? Yeah, Carousel, what's Carousel yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that, it's kind of nostalgia looking back. It's painful, but also beautiful. And and that's day one for me. I found a YouTube clip of that yeah. moment. There, that's there are the so best many. scene in Mad Men. Yeah. Which, by the way, in a month is starting again. Can't I, I can't wait. Can't yeah. Wait. So good. If Jason Gigi. is listening, the three of us will come onto your show and talk about it. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. We'll be on The Uncomparable to talk about Mad Men. Any, or we'll just any, do any, it any, and any, just any, drop it in your feed and not tell yep. anybody. I, I can do that. <laughs> Mike, what do you, what do you, why are you summoning me? I would, I would really love a teachy tip. Tips of teachy. Okay. Really? Um, really? No, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, fine. Um, Mike, are you familiar with JavaScript? I am familiar that it exists. Well, yeah, your knowledge doesn't need to go any further. And uh, because you can install bookmarkers from other people like me, right? Yes. So if I, if I create something with something with JavaScript and I post the, the bookmarker code, you can just copy it and use it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you use it maybe in Google Chrome, maybe in Safari, I don't Mr. know what Reader. other browser. Mr. Reader, right, because it supports bookmarkers. But what people don't know maybe uh, is that my dear application editorial for iPad, it lets you use bookmarkers with basically no modifications at all. You can just take your existing code. So maybe you have a bookmark, I don't know, for Pinboard, or maybe you have one to open TweetBot, or one to um, shorten URLs with uh, Bitly or something. And you can just take that code, and in a tutorial, there is an action uh, that is called uh, Evaluate JavaScript in, JavaScript in Browser, which uh, basically lets you pasting the code of your of a bookmarker or any other JavaScript code, and it will uh, execute that JavaScript in the editorial browser, which is a, a dedicated uh, window in the app. 
And um, the only limitation that you have is that you cannot show uh, dialogues or alerts or that kind of interactive JavaScript stuff because it will, uh, due to a limitation of iOS, it will uh, uh, lock up the entire app. So you don't want to do that. And um, But any other thing, uh, you, you can. You can launch applications from editorial using a bookmark that you already have. Or you can get the source of a web page, which I do every day. Or you can open Tweetbot with a, with a bookmark that you use on the Mac. You can put it into editorial and just keep using it. Just keep in mind that the action is called Evaluate JavaScript and you're fine. You can integrate it with workflows and do all the other crazy things that you can do with editorial. Is that enough, Mike? That's great. Thank you. I'm very happy to hear that, Federico. I think we come to the end of this week's episode of The Prompt, guys. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> What's uh? Sorry, we should sometimes we should. Yeah, it's sad because and sometimes we should maybe close the episode with a with a with the Doors song. This is the end. Du -du -du -du. Uh -huh. You know. This is the end. Beautiful friends. I was thinking of um. What's the song? It's like say goodbye. I I cry a little every time I say goodbye. Every time we say goodbye. Every time I say goodbye. Yeah. I wonder why a little. Nah, it's much better with Jim Morrison. Are you guys done? Probably. A little. Do Do you want to sing to us, Stephen? No. Okay. So let's just, uh, maybe we should talk about our Twitter username, Mike. What's your Twitter username, Federico? It's a V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Vitici. As you would say in Italian. I-S-M-H. Oh, good work. I am uh, I Mike. I am Y-K-E. Federico writes at maxstories.net. Stephen writes at 512pixels.net. I don't write at anywhere.net. I do record <laughs> many, many podcasts which you can find at 5 by 5 TV. Stephen? Yes? Where can someone find the show notes for this week's episode of The Prompt? I believe, as we said last week, you can email Mike directly, or... So many emails. Yes. Uh, you that. have to email Mike a selfie. 5by5.tv <laughs> slash prompt slash 39. So last week, everyone that emailed me, I just said to them, I'll email you, I'll get back to you shortly, and didn't. If you do email me a selfie, you will receive the show notes. Wow. I figure that sort of, you know, that sort of commitment, I will actually follow through, because last week I was just like, I'll email, I'll let you know. Yeah, some good GTD you got going on over mm -hmm. there. Well, I had them. It was just I didn't really know what how to email them to people. I didn't really think how I would go about doing that. Would to email you a link, but no, I have I have I have I have a way I can do it now. What if we started a service that was like Snapchat but worked over email? Okay. Let's go to South by Southwest and pitch that. So five by five TV slash prompt slash thirty nine for this week's. Show notes, you'll find links to everything we discussed there. You'll find links to where you can find us online too. And you'll also find the button which you press to contact us by email. Oh no, I'm going to get the selfies. Mm -hmm. um, uh, <laughs> if you would like to find the Twitter account for the show, it is underscore the prompt. 
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the World's Greatest Podcast. Until next time, goodbye. Arrivederci. Adios.